the topic for today, what you would like to be when you grow up. You in the back with those friends, baby. What's your name? My name is Snoop. All right, Snoop. What you want to be when you grow up? I want to be a motherfucking hustler. They better ask somebody. <laughs> everybody, welcome to another episode of the Bunger Podcast. I'm here with the BTF Mixing Ladder crew, and we're here to talk about the BTF Mixing Ladder. So just to jump right in, uh, I want to ask everybody from the crew, could you give us just a brief overview, background on the BTF Mixing Ladder? When did it start, and when did each of you hear about it, and how did you guys want to get involved? Sure. Um, so the original concept of the letter was actually create, um, come up with by Harmon Tour, um, and that was like in 2011, uh, so about seven years ago. And he's a, an experienced producer, mixer, who um, created mixes for um, uh, NYPD during their prime years. And the purpose of the letter is basically to um, have like established and new and upcoming DJs part- partake in like friendly one-on-one competitions. Um, where they either defend their spots or try to climb the ladder to the top. Um, so since it uh, took place, it's usually it usually takes place like over the summer, um, known as the Bunger off season. So it's a great time for like the BTF audience to like listen, vote on their favorite DJs, and provide feedback as well. And each season like typically consists of like thirty to forty DJs. Um, so Harman he like laid out good uh, groundwork for the ladder and set up and ran the first season. He tried to set up and run, run the first season, but unfortunately, like he didn't have the time and resources to see it really flourish. And only a few mixers um, were able to produce anything during the first season. So I became involved inside like the um, ladder and providing um, feedback to the G- DJs back in 2013, which was the second season of the ladder. Um, so I saw the potential that it had, and I wanted to help make it run better. Um, and we had a small team of about four people, and we were all completely new to the ladder, but we wanted to give it a, a unique twist. And um, basically what we wanted to do was have, like, different themes every week. Um, so some of the some of the examples are, like, we had a um, Bunger segment theme where um, mixers would um, create um, mixes to, like, Jumar or Damal segments. Um, we also had, like, a Bollywood songs theme one time. Uh, and then we closer to Halloween time, we also had like a really good um, creepy songs type of theme. So, um, yeah, that was. So you you talk about all these cool ideas, but what are? It seems like with all these cool ideas, it's probably a harder and harder beast to to manage. Kind of, what's what's kind of your biggest challenge when you think about the the, the mixing ladder moving forward? So yeah, um, things ran um, pretty smoothly the first, uh, the second season. But I think the biggest challenge was definitely that it was um, got to be really time-consuming and hard to manage for the the latter um, for the the mods. Um, and basically, what we wanted to do um, for the next um, mixing wa- uh, ladder was to kind of incorporate the new technologies that came about, like, like uh, Google Drive and uh, Google Forms and that type of thing. And so we had like 
um, Sui, um, a previous um, a moderator, and um, people like Mithu who really stepped up in season three to help um, bring our ladder um, to, to become more a lot more fluid. Um, and that really helped out a lot. And we even um, got to offer our um, winning mixer on season three, a really nice um, prize. Um, so that was something new that we brought to the table. Um, and with the most recent um, ladder, which just happened, um, so it was after two years in 2018 is when we uh, started up the ladder again for season four, which is the current season. Uh, and we wanted to basically have um, the first 30 DJs that sign, sign up to be able to participate. Uh, we learned a lot over the previous years, so we've been fortunate to have not uh, everything go fairly smoothly. Um, and it's helped a lot to have a dedicated team um, who wanted to see the ladder succeed. And two such individuals that are leading the efforts this season are Just Noor and Teg. So Just Noor or Teg, could you, could you possibly give me and some of the podcast listeners kind of any hints and upcoming ideas, themes, prizes that you guys have in store for the rest of the season? Um, yeah, definitely. So in terms of themes, some of what we've had already, we had, we've had straight Bhangra. So, you know, the songs that we give um, mixers and challenges are just generally Punjabi songs and they mix them um, in just a Bhangra theme. We, we've also given them specific like Bhangra segments like Jummer, um, you know, Tamal, stuff like that. And also we had a week where we had kind of hip pop and pop songs. So that was a nice twist to just what we had in the ladder. Um, and in terms of, in terms of like upcoming ideas, we have a thread that's currently still open on BTF where users have given song suggestions um, or anything that they really want mixers to, to kind of try their hand at. Um, that thread is still open, so anyone on the BTF audience can contribute to it um, even today. And one other theme idea that we had is um, the veteran DJ Classics. He's been in the game for a while. Um, we were going to we we're planning to have a week where he will provide us songs that we will give to the mixers that are participating. Um, so that's definitely going to be some really nice input um, from him, and you know it'll definitely add kind of a twist to the challenges that we'll have for our DJs. So you know you you guys are creating all of these you know great mixes, great content, great um, content at least from a musical perspective. Are there any kind of opportunities that you guys see? to go beyond mixes, maybe even making videos and or choreography? Is that something kind of on your on your plate to do, on your to-do list? Yeah, definitely. So um, just a few weeks back, we actually had uh, yours truly, Jaskar and Singh, basically. We had um, our users kind of vote on a winning mix of the week, and this winner was actually Wads. Um, and so what Jaskar did is he actually made choreography um, to that winning mix, and it was actually really well done. That's on Instagram and BTF as well. Um, and we are also considering having a few other choreographers, just, you know, some that the moderators themselves, we've seen their videos in the past, and we definitely want to feature them and give more of our mixers an opportunity to have their mixes dance too. I'm not going to release too many names yet, just to make, sh- um, just to make sure, you know, it, some of it's still in the planning stages, but we're definitely looking to feature a mixer too more for the season. So, you know, one of the things is just beyond kind of making mixes, I think one of the biggest things when you think of mixers, when you think of music, you know, what about the loops? Like, you know, when we, where are the mm-hmm. dull loops, where are the sog loops, you know, where can I get the best dud loop? in the United States, <laughs> right? So are, are you guys putting together, like working together, maybe collaborating to potentially maybe put out a sample pack or is there something that we as maybe mixers can use to better, you know, better help our music? 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, the BTF Media Library, that's where a lot of us got started. I'm not sure if those samples are still online, but we are having one of our moderators kind of in the background, Keshav. Um, he's actually working with a couple of other veteran mixers to put together a really expansive sample pack of just a lot of different instruments, a lot of different just folk loops and, you know, those samples that you mentioned into one pack that we're really looking to give to a DJ who's been really prominent and he's at the top of the rankings, you know, once the end of the season's over. So that's definitely some more incentive for our DJs to continue performing and fight their way to the top of the ladder. So, Teg, can you just please mock me through, you know, one of the things that the circuit is really known for is mixes that kind of reflect the dance or the set that's being made and put on stage. When you when it comes to the ladder itself, is the quality of DJing kind of improving throughout the ladder? And do you think that the ladder itself is reflective of DJ qualities? So like the actual qualities of that DJ is a reflective of a certain type of sound that the circuit likes, aka, you know, that Canadian traffic Toronto style? Or do you think it's a little bit of a mix of both? Yeah, I definitely think uh, it's it's a good mix of both. The Toronto style has been employed, you know, uh, in the past uh, five, six years on the circuit. And a lot of DJs have gone that route to make a Toronto sounding mix. But I've really appreciated the quality uh, that has come out from DJs across the board. I'd say it's definitely increased. I think it's because we've gotten a lot of really good feedback uh, from BTF users, whether they're veteran mixers like, you know, G Singh and Sangeen, or if they're just uh, very prominent veteran dancers, such as you guys, uh, such as uh, I know the Captain of Spartan, uh, or maybe former Captain of Spartan, very uh, oftentimes posts uh, critiques. And I think because of that, uh, the DJs get kind of a variety, a good variety of feedback. Kind of one side is production value, the other side is uh, like, you know, danceability, like how well Captain can put choreo together to it. Um, and I think, yeah, uh, so I think it's definitely a great thing. And I'd say that with this time crunch, uh, you know, DJs only have one week. I don't know about you guys. If I'm given a week to do something, I'm definitely just going to do it Sunday night. Um, but I think that definitely reflects a lot of the raw talents of each DJ. And I think that's a good uh, reality that a lot of uh, DJs in general have to go through on the circuit because you never know when the team you're mixing for is going to want a mix next. It can be within the next day or it can be within the next week or even within the next month. And whatever it is, uh, chances are you're going to be on a bit of a time crunch at some point uh, making that mix. So I think uh, from from an outside perspective, it's uh, it seems like the quality is really good considering the circumstances. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Where do you guys think we're headed in terms of, you know, Punjabi music and DJing? You know, we started off, I think the circuit really got introduced to really good Bhangra music through artists like True School, which is an old 90s kind of hip-hop kind of vibe, you know, a lot of Nas, a lot of really old-school hip-hop being, you know, blended in. Now I think modern-day DJs are including some of those EDM vibes, you know, some of the trappy kind of backbeats into the music, and the production value has definitely gone up. But, you know, where do you, where do you see Punjabi music going? Where do you see DJing going as a... As a byproduct of that? Uh, I definitely think Punjabi music, uh, this is an issue that's been brought up uh, quite a bit. You know, everything kind of sounds the same now and I totally get it. Uh, you have just a few ghost producers out there uh, just, you know, using the same loops over and over again. That Tolki loop from Gidiyadirani is, you know, been milked <laughs> till no end and it still is to this day. Um, 
But, you know, I think, uh, I don't know, there's still a lot of creativity that comes out of uh, the Punjabi music scene. Uh, and I, I particularly have been uh, impressed. You know, Canada has come up recently in the last couple uh, years. Uh, Deep John Lu like, uh, was dropping a song, I swear it was pretty much every day, uh, like in 2016. Um, yeah. And, you know, eventually, you know, he stole a lot of uh, beats and he made a lot of things sound the same. Uh, but it, it put something new on the map, I think. And as long as there's something new, um, for the most part, it's going to, it's in all these, all these other singers coming out of uh, Toronto with fresh stuff every time they drop something. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my think, take on. Yeah. I also think it's like um, cyclical too. Like, um, you know, you've, if you've been in part of the scene for a long time, you kind of know how, uh, it kind of varies from like being the circuit kind of driving everything to be really folk and that type of thing. And everybody's, you know, try, tries to be like super modern and or super folk and that type of thing. And then you'll see like later on, um, you know, gimmicks and like some modern takes on um, mixing and just dancing in general are kind of brought into the table. So it's kind of it kind of goes back and forth. It's kind of like a battle. And um, I honestly, honestly feel like with where we're going is like, um djs are we've got to the point where djs are so good that they're able to even produce stuff on their own so you see that with like live um live folk um i guess teams these days they have their own band that they bring you know so we've gotten to the point even with um djs where they're going to be start like incorporating their own um, musical instruments into their mixes that's where i see the circuit headed towards yeah, um, definitely. I would say like we've just seen a level of increase in like intensity wise um, in dancing. You know, that's you see that reflected in just how DJs are making mixes, too. Um, and we have like a handful of DJs out there that we know, like just famously being able to create a lot of mixes like Pablo Mix. I know he's on a bit of a break now, but he was just he was just mixing for a lot of teams at a given time. His style was something you really liked. Um, legitimate Momo, they, they've both been out there. It's a, st a style that we both like really enjoy dancing to. Um, but I think we brought up earlier, like some of it feels very like it, a, a lot of it's starting to sound similar. Uh, that's partly like just with the loops and everything else, but with just a lot of intensity with just like a level of all those, you know, hi-hats, the same folk loops like kind of coming together. You see just a lot of segments kind of having the same vibe with just with the same DJs. I mean, so that's really my take on it. Definitely an increase in intensity, but you know, that's there's a little uh, that kind of comes with a bit of a decrease in just individuality. Yeah, I mean, if you guys had, I think you guys definitely hit it on the head. You know, one of the biggest things is it seems like a lot of teams have, you know, in, at least in my opinion, a lot of teams have lost the ability to mix in house, and as you outsource to a smaller and smaller group of mixers surprise, surprise, more and more mixes sound more and more the same. You know, if Pablo's going to make eight mixes and all eight teams complete the same comp, you're mm -hmm. gonna, it's going to sound like a mixtape made by one DJ versus actually eight different mixes in some cases. For sure. Isn't that Berg? <laughs> 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 yep. You don't have yeah. to include that part in, but... <laughs> all right. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Bangra podcast i'm here with dj momo the winner of week five of the btf mixing ladder and um you want to do a little intro for yourself sure yeah um my name's mohit 
I've, I've been in the Pangaya circuit for like maybe five years with uh, Cal Pangara, uh, NSG, and Gabriel Gulaverge. Um, and I've been mixing for about the same time, but just seriously for about one year. Um, and also DJ Momo is a ridiculous DJ name and it started as a joke, but it sucks. So <laughs> that's how it's there. And people call me DJ Momo in person. That's really weird. You, cool. you know what's funny? I have a cousin whose name whose nickname is Momo. So it's like I like when I heard it, I was like, okay, I guess like Oh, okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> but the name actually started is so random, but um like in Berkeley, our we had some organization that would throw a Bangla bash mm-hmm. and I was just like, I kind of learned how to like DJ, like I had a DJ table, like a set. And uh, they just asked me to like DJ at this Bhangra Bash. And uh, like, my, my name is Mohit. So people have been calling me Momo for a while, just kind of ironically, but also as a nickname. And I guess like from then on, like I was DJing and everyone was like, oh, wow, look, it's DJ Momo. And like literally, that was before I was making mixes. And ever since then, I've been DJ Momo. Oh, and man. when I started on SoundCloud, I was just Mohit Kohli, but I, I just had to change my name. Like it didn't feel right. <laughs> no, for sure, man. I mean, so I mean, it kind of segues nicely to our first question: is how did you get started with mixing? What got you into into it in the first place? Yeah, so I mean, w- when I was like younger on Kalpangara, when I was a sophomore in college, uh, my brother Amit, who people might know as legitimate on SoundCloud, is also a very good mixer. Um, he started making the mixes for Cal and. I was kind of in charge of like being the liaison. So like I, we would do it together and we were both really shitty, but then we learned how to do it together. And that's kind of how I started. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, and so then what do you think really took you from kind of random shitty mixes, just doing it by yourself, messing around with your brother to like actually like works that you felt you could actually show to other people without being embarrassed? Well, so I mean, and retroactively we're embarrassed. Um, but uh, I think what happened is that like, we basically just kept making mixes, mm-hmm. um, like trying to figure it out. Like we didn't have anyone teaching us. Like we would definitely ask questions. We kept making things. And also at the same time, listening to a lot more mixes and like our favorite, finding out who our favorite mixes were. Mm-hmm. And like every couple months, like every three months, we would look back and like be kind of embarrassed by our mixes, but we would understand why we didn't like them and like okay. improve that. It's kind of like an iterative thing that I've been doing for literally like five years. Of course, yeah. Um, would you say it was like like your ear? Would you say it was just like learning your software? Like, where, what do you what do you think like really took you off? Yeah, man. I so I I've always been doing music, like playing jazz. I played jazz in college. Like, uh-huh. I always been so like I feel like I always understood the musicality. What the things that yeah the two places where like. I, I improved kind of over time. One is like the instrumentation of a Bhangra mix, like kind of trying to figure out like what components go into a Bhangra mix, like what makes things sound good, what makes things sound hype, like different toll beats, like everything. Like that was the first part. And the second part was just making clean mixes and like learning the software. So just over time, both of those like dramatically have gotten better. Gotcha, gotcha. And so, I mean, you said you like jazz. Like, what kind of music do you listen to that you try to incorporate or, like, in, get, at least get inspiration from in order to, like, make mixes? Yeah, so, I mean, I, yeah, I listen to a lot of jazz and because I, I play, I still actively play. And, like, that, I never, like, I to this day, I've actually never sampled the jazz song in a Pumpkin mix, but I've learned all, like, the different chord progressions and mm-hmm. the theory from that. So I apply a lot of that 
uh, to my mixes, especially when I'm playing stuff like on keys and everything. Um, but yeah, mostly I listen to like hip hop, neo soul, kind of things in that genre. And like I do a lot of like I do a lot of sampling and putting that stuff in mixes. Dude, I will tell you right now though, if you made a jazz banger mix, I would be really into it. I would be super, super into it. I don't know how it would work. I have no idea musically how that would work, but if you made something yeah. good, I'd be super into it. I like Amit has done some really crazy things in mixes that like went kind of undercover. Like he put the Bee Gees in the mix one time. Oh really? Like, college. But it's like a mix that's really when we both started, so no one's listened to it. Um it's a secret. But we put we put yeah we put staying alive in a mix. But like I think maybe I'll eventually try putting this. Yeah, no, I, I think the I think the weirdest thing Rom's put in a mix that I've I remember is like a Bruin twenty sixteen. He put Red Hot Chili Peppers in our um Kunde segment. It was kind of I didn't and I didn't realize it until like a year later when I was listening to it. I was like, wait, this is this is something totally different. What the hell is this? And I asked him. But yeah. yeah. That's awesome. We, we put Coldplay. I guess that's like the most poppy thing. Uh-huh. But yeah. Yeah, nothing. We've never done anything like too crazy. Mostly yeah. hip hop stuff. So. Gotcha, gotcha. And then, so what kind of tools do you use? Um, like what kind of softwares, headphones, speakers? Like what are, you, what are you using on a daily basis when you're making your mixes? Yeah, so I, I use my, the DAW I use is Ableton Live 9. Okay. Um, it's really cool. It's like fully functional has everything you need. Kind of a steep learning curve, but it's really good. Um, yeah, and on top of that, the tools I use, I mean, like, I have a very simple key, very simple MIDI keyboard. I have the Ableton Push, which is, like, a pretty cool device. It's pretty intense, and, like, the learning curve is pretty high, but it allows me to, like, play my beats live. Um, okay. Because I, I, I redo the beat. Like, I make beats fresh for every single track. Like, I just don't... Oh, that's I don't awesome. Have, like, Shit, man. Yeah. yeah, so, like, Amit does that, too. Like, he's who put me onto that. Like we use like, cause we have all our samples and stuff. So we don't like just using pre-recorded loops and oh, from nice. instrumentals, we don't like using the beats either. Mm-hmm. Like parts of it. We usually like using synths and stuff from instrumentals. Um, so like, yeah, use the, my Ableton pushes. I can it's like a 64 pad beat pad. So that's for beats, keyboards for synths. Um, yeah, that's like my main stuff. Like I have some plugins, headphones, you know, like just typical mixer setup. Yeah. You you're telling me about, um, your the Bose headphones you used to use, right? Yeah. So yeah. So when I started, so I only started like seriously mixing for other people, like outside Cal, like a year and a half ago. And yeah, so I had like those Bose noise canceling headphones. Like if you work, you've seen so many people during their commute using them. But like I I use those when I started mixing because that's what I had. Mm-hmm. And they're great sounding headphones. Some people would disagree, but they're great sounding headphones. And they really emphasize the highs and the mids because that's what generally what people like listening to, like when it's in the pop music and everything. Um, the issue with that is that as a mixer, it's probably better to have stuff that's like truer to the actual sound. Mm-hmm. So I just two weeks ago got brand new Sennheiser HD headphones that are like very true to sound. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited about that. And maybe it'll make me way better or maybe not, maybe it'll be worse. But um, <laughs> it's all about just kind of learning the headphones. So I learned the Bose headphones really well. And I knew that like the mids and highs were being emphasized. So I would like consciously pull them back. And then I'd always like listen to my mixes on cars just to make sure it was balanced. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you were telling me about like, can you like talk about a little bit more like about why you listen to your mixes in the cars? Oh yeah. I I think a lot of people do this actually, but there's two reasons. So like one, like I know people will be listening to my mixes on like every, like every different type of device. Like some people will listen to it just on their laptop speakers. Please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> the joy of like all the effort I put in. But like, yeah, people would be listening on like Apple earphones, you know, like over the ear headphones, car speakers, you know, like all these different things. So like, yeah, I just try getting listening to my mix on as many different devices like as I can mm-hmm. in the master stages, gotcha. uh, just so that it sounds good on everything. Gotcha. Like, it'd be useless if my mix sounded good just on Bose headphones. Mm-hmm. Like, um, but yeah, and then number two is just because you gotta listen in the car because there's no way really knowing how your bass sounds like on headphones. Like, no headphone will do bass justice. Like, you just gotta listen to it on loudspeakers. And cars, in general, like have pretty good bass. Gotcha, gotcha. So, um, to go off mixing, um, how have you worked with like teams? Like, uh, so to go off a little bit into like actually making your mixes, how do you generally work with teams? Um, do you, do you like to start from the very beginning? Do you like to just kind of mix stuff at the end? Like, I mean, I've like, I've worked, me and FCB have worked with like plenty of mixers and some mixers, like you need to tell them, all right, give me this song, give me this beat. Like you need to tell me what you want exactly and I'll make something cool off of it. Or some people just like, kind of give me a vibe that you want and I'll just go with it. Yeah, so I mean, I think it's like really dependent on the team. Like I've done all the entire spectrum. So like definitely, yeah, there's people who will like pick all the songs first, choreo everything, and then just have you mix over their set. There's definitely that. There's also times where people essentially just give you free reign to do whatever you want. Like they'll just basically tell me like, these are my segments. Like we've thought of these songs, but you can bring in your own songs. And like, this is kind of the general vibe we want. Like just make something dope. So definitely done all of that. There's been a combination of them. I mean, it just really team to team. Okay. And like, but what, what would you like more though? Because I know Ron, what he liked to do, I mean, the benefit of having an in-house mixer was just day one, started making the mix with us. And like, as we were making Corey, he's like, ooh, like I have a song that matches with this perfectly and would like love to just like go as we go, do it as we go. And some mixers they just kind of say like pick our song like we would pick our songs we would kind of overlap the beats a little bit we would kind of mix like a very very rough cut like whatever i can do and like whatever uh what do i use like adobe audition like whatever like stuff i can use mm-hmm. um and like where do you where where do you like like to be in the process when it comes to mixing like um i mean definitely i like having as much like creative control as possible um, so like, yeah, like I would, I definitely prefer when teams give me a lot of leeway and like kind of let me do the mix as they're also doing choreography. Um, because that way, like we can both kind of settle on songs that I think are good and they think are good. Mm-hmm. And we can just put, I can put a lot of creativity. Cause you know, like if somebody has already choreoed a certain amount of counts that are locked in and picked a song, there's only so much no, I can do. Of course, do. yeah. I definitely prefer that like, as much flexibility as possible, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like there's teams who have really great song selection and working when I work with them, it's awesome. And like, I'm okay with them choreoing first because they pick great songs. So then what, like, and we talked about this a little bit before, but which well-known mixers do you really like to, um, to like listen to be influenced by, get inspiration from like what, and what do you think really sets them apart? Right. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, what we talked about before, like in terms of Bangara mixers, I think probably my favorites all for very different reasons. Like I really like classics just because like he, I love classics song selection because it's like such a great combination of like things that were like hype at the time. Plus like old school bangers that like no one's heard of before. 
And like, I just love that those mixes, they just like slap, but like in a different way than mixes slap today. Mm-hmm. Like, like today, mixes are all pretty trapped out. Yeah. But back then, Definitely. there was so, so much emphasis on like the tol, tolki, like those 808, like really deep 808s. Like he was the first person to use like really sick impacts on drops. It's so like, I got a lot, a lot of inspiration from classics. I think in terms of cleanliness, like, you know, like I think a lot of mixers will tell you like when they're mastering, so you just, it doesn't even have to be a Bangalore mix, but you listen to a reference track to try getting your, like everything kind of sounding similar. So like, I definitely use G sing a lot um, in terms of like referencing his mixes when I'm mastering. Just like, he's like very clean. Like he's got the whole cleanliness thing going. Um, and in terms of creativity, like uh, legitimate, my brother, like he, he has some of the best creativity in the game. So like, I get a lot of ideas from the way he does his layering and like the way he does drums. And he's one of the few people I know in terms of Bhangra mixers who hand plays their drums because he doesn't believe in like making like quantized loops and putting them together. So that's cool. Like, yeah. So those are, those are the Bhangra mixers, like a lot of inspiration from them. Um, yeah. And then in terms of other producers, mixers, like outside Bhangra team mixing, I mean like true school for Bhangra originals, like, no facts facts yeah. he's the goat for sure like he has that whole old school hip-hop vibe like super cool mm-hmm. uh, and in terms of hip-hop like mike will made it mm-hmm. definitely my favorite he just puts out bangers and they're like every single one is so different like if any i know everyone's heard like the damn album by kendrick of course and yeah. everyone's heard dna obviously mm-hmm. but if you everyone if get if you get the opportunity you should go on soundcloud and just because Mike will made it post his instrumentals. Yeah. You should look DNA instrumental. Just listen to it by itself. Oh, it's you, unreal. You know, yeah. you know what you should listen to? There's this YouTube channel. Um, I thought, I'll send you the link. Um, but I think it's called Bandcamp. And they okay. will go through an album and they will just like put every single instrumental like in the song and then like in the actual like original song. And I'm just like, how, like for me, I love listening to that because it's like, how the fuck did you take this and make it into this like amazing song oh it's insane yeah i mean i, I love this i love seeing like really creative sampling and all that stuff like yeah like i mean i i look there's, there's such a bride variety but like or sorry broad variety <laughs> but yeah like kanye is amazing at sampling oh, there's man, like, so yeah. much learning. yeah uh you know like everyone and yeah so so much inspiration it's like all over the board yeah um and then so this is a question i've asked i've been asked but like, how do you keep up with the Punjabi music industry? Like, how do you, like, there's no Punjabi iTunes where you can just kind of like look at the top 50 or like, I mean, like, like where, where do you, where do you get your songs, um, old and new? Um, I mean, yeah, it's a great question. There's like no single source of truth for sure. I wish there was, it'd be lit. Someone wants to make a new startup. <laughs> um, but I think, uh, really for me, it's just like, like for new songs, like new songs, I always find through like listen to SoundCloud mega mixes when I'm at work, you know, like Punjabi events, like going to weddings, like parties, all that stuff. Like DJs are always playing whatever is like, that's their jobs. So they're always playing like newest stuff, like having a lot of friends who listen to Punjabi music, like where you guys send each other songs. Like that's kind of how I listen to the new stuff because yeah, otherwise it's really hard to find. I mean, you could go on YouTube and you could go to like T-Series, Up and Up Punjab. Like you can look at the channels. <laughs> yeah. But you'll miss out on so much of the really, especially like if you're looking for songs that you want to use for Bhangra mixes. Mm-hmm. Out of that is like singers who maybe aren't as mainstream as like Sudhu Musiala or Dojit. Like they'll be like the second tier 
famous singers. And from that, like, yeah, you just got to, like, network your songs, like, share your songs, have people share songs with you. Definitely go on SoundCloud. Like, listen to those, like, 20, 30-minute hour, 20, 30-minute uh, SoundCloud mega mixes that yeah. people do monthly. I listen to, like, all of those. Um, I usually listen to all of them once because, like, like I don't want to go back and listen to them again. But, like, when I'm at work, basically what I do is I just, like, keep those mega mixes running, like, all that new stuff. And I kind of just, like, work and, like, it's in the background. But occasionally I hear something that's a banger. Mm-hmm. And I just keep running playlists. So, like, mm-hmm. like any given time I have like a playlist right now of mix ideas that's like a hundred songs deep of stuff I haven't used um which is really useful yeah. for like when a team is asking me for song suggestions I can like bring out 10 songs immediately so yeah. I'm looking. yeah and then I mean last thing before we head out um like what advice would you give to other DJs that are starting to make mixes yeah I mean like like number one like you have to understand that like program mixing has like aspects of both production and also like audio engineering like mastering so definitely you should learn an instrument and learn like some very basic very basic theory because like learning very basic theory like learning scales learning the different modes whether it be like minor major all of that will help you understand when things go together and when when things don't because sometimes things just don't go together like an off-pitch mix is like one of the worst things to listen to so like just learn a little bit of music and then like yeah Put a lot of time into it. Like, try, like, there's so many tools in, like, this era of, like, plugins, right? Because back in the day, everyone was using hardware. Nowadays, you just have plugins. And with plugins, it's very easy to just, like, get a bunch of plugins, like, slap on your compressor, your reverb, you know, everything. Just slap <laughs> it onto your mix. And, like, a lot of mixes sound like exactly that. Like, people mm-hmm. just slap, slap things on top. Um, so definitely do the research and try understanding how each component can benefit the mix, like, how does the compressor work with the dynamic range? Like, what does reverb do to your tracks and how does it help them glue them together? I kind of just learn all the individual components and it helps a lot. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, anything else you want to drop or like let, like let people know about? Uh, I mean, not really. Um, like, yeah. what, any shout outs or anything else you want to? Um, no, I mean, yeah, just for everybody who's like thinking about doing mixes, like you should just try it. It's definitely worth it. Like, Try GarageBand. I guess that's how we <laughs> like yeah. look. Play on GarageBand. Like you'll you'll find that it's really really fun. Thanks so much for coming on this podcast. Uh, they better act somebody.